So I, I have the pleasure to announce uh, Matt Hoffman to introduce him uh, to come and preach. And like I said, um, uh, I've known the Hoffmans for a while, and and, uh, and for a while, and uh, I, I got to know um, uh, some of Matt's heart for justice through a Bible study that uh, he and Meg led. Um, at our home, um, using a IJM book, uh, "The Good News About Injustice," uh, which is a tricky title, um, but uh, so I'm excited to hear um, how how he's going to um, work us through this uh, passage. It starts with with such a strong statement of "I, the Lord, love justice." Um, so uh, I, I thank you, and and let me pray for you real fast. Yeah, uh, Father, we. Uh, thank you for this time together. Uh, we thank you for uh, your word that um, you um, send out and does not return void to you. We trust in that. We trust your spirit to uh, will and to work uh, in this congregation. Um, give us uh, tender, receptive hearts and minds. Um, help us um, uh, learn how to love you uh, better, learn how to love our neighbor, and, and have a, a burden for um, uh, people that are uh, different from us, people that are uh, on the outside, people that are on the underside. Uh, we we ask that you um, uh, help us to anticipate, to uh, work for, and work with you uh, for the coming of your kingdom. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thanks, y'all, for coming. Thanks for letting me uh, letting me talk. I know most of you didn't like have a choice in it, but. You know, thanks for not like running out the door when you found out I was speaking. Um, I uh, I feel a little like the, uh, like the 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 mule in the old story about the the mule in the Kentucky Derby. Have you all heard this? It's like a classic old. Okay, maybe it's only a classic old sermon illustration in Kentucky. Um, but uh, yeah, so the story goes: you know, a farmer puts his mule in the in the Kentucky Derby, and uh, and everyone laughs at him. It's like you, you don't think he's gonna win, right? And, uh, and he says, no, I don't, I don't think he'll win. I sh- think the association might do him some good. So it's kind of how I, I feel, uh, you know, speaking here. But, uh, yeah, we've been talking about uh, Isaiah 61 for, for a little while. Um, and uh, we're going to be focusing today on just verses 8 and 9. But uh, Matt is going to come, I think, and read We'll go ahead and read all of Isaiah 61 just to get the context, um, but that's the bit that we'll be focusing on. From Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good tidings to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations, They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Aliens shall stand and feed your flocks. Foreigners shall be your plowmen and vine dressers. But you shall be called the priests of the Lord, 
Men shall speak of you as the ministers of our God. You shall eat the wealth of the nations, and in their riches you shall glory. Instead of your shame, you shall have a double portion. Instead of dishonor, you shall rejoice in your lot. Therefore, in your land, you shall possess a double portion. Yours shall be everlasting joy. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring in the midst of the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge them, that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. The word of the Lord. Thanks be God. Thanks, Matt. So, uh, so we've been talking about this, the chapter as a whole, for um, for a little while, uh, and just to give you know some some background. Um, in this chapter, this this passage in Isaiah is, is significant, obviously, for us as a church because this is where uh, Oak Church gets our name, right? Um, and uh, it's he'll uh, make them oaks of righteousness, and uh, it's significant for the you know the wider church because um, this is the is the passage that Jesus used in his big at the start of his ministry. This is like his big product launch, right? This was uh, um, it's kind of like an iPhone launch, but you know different. Um, uh, this is, you know, he, he read this passage in, uh, in the synagogue and, and then sat down like the, like the mic drop moment and uh, said, this has been fulfilled in your presence. Um, and uh, uh, so it's, you know, it's significant for, for us as a church and that made it clear that there's, there's two, um, two different applications of it, right? Like a lot of prophecies that have like the, the kind of immediate um, immediate application, the immediate fulfillment, and that, uh, that kind of foreshadows um, the larger fulfillment. So, so the first um, fulfillment of this passage is probably uh, for the Jews in exile, because um, Isaiah has just gone through several chapters um, talking about uh, how the, uh, the people of God were going to go into exile, and he, and he describes in great length, you know, why and what will happen, um, or, or how they could prevent it. Um, and it's all because they've, they've walked away from God, because they've abandoned him. And they, uh, uh, he says, you know, if you don't, if you don't change, this is what's going to happen. And it did, um, and, but he doesn't leave them there. I, Isaiah then goes on for several more chapters, and this is in the middle of that, to talk about um, that that's not going to be the end. You're going to go into exile, but I'm not going to give you up. Um, I'm going to give you a new start. Um, so that's kind of the context, uh, the original context for this passage. But Jesus made it clear that there's another fulfillment, right? This is also um, the, the, the broader fulfillment of this is, is with him. Um, and he said, you know, today this has been fulfilled. So it starts then, um, and it continues now until he perfects it when, when he comes back. Um, so uh, just to kind of review a little bit about what it, it said, he's talked about, uh, you know, it starts with a speaker who's proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. He's talking about all these great things that are going to happen. They're going to be oaks of righteousness. Um, you're going to have everlasting joy. We talked last week um, that uh, you know, hospitality, that you would, um, 
that strangers would, would shepherd your flocks and you would become priests. Um, but then this passage, um, we go back to the, the oh, never mind. Um, this passage starts with, um, for I, the Lord, love justice. So the, the speaker changes, right? The, um, all of a sudden, we, it's, it's God jumping in. And as if God's saying, like, you know, all these great things, this is why I'm doing it. Um, uh, he's, he's, he's jumping into the narrative to, uh, uh, yeah, to give like his, his, his reasoning, the, the, the behind-the-scenes look. And he says, because I, the Lord, love, and be honest, if you were going to fill in the gap, if you hadn't heard this before, like, what word would you guess was next there? Because if I was reading it, and talking about all these great things he's going to do for the people who, um, you know, originally the people who were in exile, um, like, for I, the Lord, love um, mercy, uh, because, you know, you've done all these things, but I'm going to be merciful to you, and I'm going to, I'm going to pull you out. Um, for I, the Lord, love giving good gifts to my children. Um, or for I am a God of love, and so, uh, and those are all true, right? I mean, it's not like mutually exclusive. These are attributes of God, but, um, but he had to pick a word, and he picked justice, which is interesting. Um, and justice is, I mean, Isaiah's talked about it a lot, so it's not like super unusual um, if, if uh, you know, you'd start from the beginning. Isaiah even started like Isaiah 1, um, starts with uh, God talking about uh, talking about the people of God and things they were doing wrong. The, the um, your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals, I hate with all of my being. Um, he uses some strong language. Um, they become a burden to me. When you spread out your hands from prayer, I'll hide my eyes from you, because your eyes are because uh, your hands are full of blood. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. So God's talked about justice a lot, and he mentions it a lot more times through, through Isaiah. Um, but uh, in, this, uh, in this passage, you know, that might not be the word that we would, we would expect. Um, we should probably stop, though, and, and, and define our terms, because um, justice is one of those words that uh, we've used enough from enough different things that it kind of means everything and nothing. Um, so, but when... When we talk about justice um, in the Bible, we specifically, we're talking about a specific type of, of sin, or injustice, I guess, a specific type of sin. Um, so this would be, uh, it's an abuse of power. It's someone ab- abusing their power to take something from someone that God intended for them. Um, so that can, be, that can be life, that can be liberty, that can be dignity, that can be the fruit of their labor. That, that's, that's the particular type of of sin that we're referring to when we talk about, about injustice. Um, and this particular verse, you know, Isaiah's talked about it a lot. I've talked about justice a lot. But this one's a little different because, um, and th- this one's actually phrased in the positive. This one's, uh, this one's actually a comfort. And so I think the first application for us um, for this is the same application that the that, that, that original Jews would have gotten. Um, God's not saying, um, I'm a God of justice, so you guys better shape up. Or, you know, you realize I love justice, why are you not being this way? He says, because I love justice, I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to make a new covenant with you. I'm going to I'm gonna do all these great things. I'm going I'm to bless you so much that people are going to like look at your kids and your grandkids and say, like, wow, 
they're really blessed. So the, uh, and the first um, application for us is, is, that, is that comfort. God loves justice. If you've been a victim of injustice, if, if you've had something taken from you um, or with an abuse of power, um, uh, you know, this, this is saying that God cares, that God, God knows that and, and that, and he hates that. He hates that that happened. Um, and he uses really strong language about it. And it's like, it's like Nell said, it, it might not seem that way, um, but that doesn't change the reality of it. Um, and I guess the, uh, in, in the context of this chapter, this also tells us that uh, when God is making all things new, when he's making all things right, um, which is what you know, this chapter kind of broadly talks about, um, that includes fixing injustice, right? Um, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean like paving it over or pretending like it didn't happen because that's not love, that's, that's apathy. Um, it means making it right and making it so right that people are going to look at you and say, wow, man, God really loves them. Like, look how blessed they are. Um, the second, uh, I think, thing that, that strikes me about this passage, the second application I think we can, we can walk away with is, is grace because there's, there's grace under the hood of this passage. Um, because he's saying, the, he says, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will give them what they deserve. Um, the, the actual, the, literally, that's, uh, in my faithfulness, I will give them their wages. Now, God had been really clear for the Jews in exile, for the, for the first people that, that this was applying to, um, exile was what they deserved, right? Like he says, um, uh, let's see, I'll have to actually go to the Bible because my handwriting is that bad. Um, you know, he had just said back in like Isaiah 42, um, who handed Jacob over to, to become loot and Israel to the plunderers? Was it not the Lord against whom we have sinned? For they did not follow his ways. They did not obey his law. So he poured out on them their, his burning anger and, and so on. He made it really clear that like, they were in exile because they'd done something wrong. Um, and then when we hear this, for, for our, uh, we have the benefit of, of things like Romans where we've got like, you know, for the wages of sin are death and all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So saying like, you know, you're going to get, your wages is, is not really comforting. That's kind of ominous. Um, but uh, I think this, as a prophecy, I think this makes sense. This passage makes sense only because Jesus claimed it as his, uh, he claimed himself as the fulfillment of it. Because only if the person who is speaking about all these great things could also atone for sin so that when God looks at us, he can say, I'm going to, he can look at us through that, that lens of grace. I'm going to give you the wages that Christ bought for you. Then all of a sudden, like, we, can, we can actually claim, like, this, this can actually be good news. This can be comfort um, and, not, um, and not a threat. And of course, the last um, application I think we... we should get out of this is, is a call. Um, 
And part of following God is, is finding out what God is passionate about and, and going there. Um, and God is clearly passionate about justice. I mean, he, he, he uses strong words about it all through, all through the Bible. Um, here, for I, the Lord, love justice, and I hate robbery and wrongdoing. Um, it it's echoes things, um, you know, Micah 6, 8, uh, for, for he's shown you, man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but love justice. Be merciful and walk humbly with your God. It's like in his, his top three of what you do to, to do what is good. Um, Amos, a famous passage that, uh, that Martin Luther King quoted in the, uh, in the March on Washington. Um, you know, I, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Um, away with the noise of your songs. I won't listen to the music of your harps, but let justice roll like a river and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Um, God doesn't like, you know, it's not iffy whether God is passionate about, about justice. Um, but I feel like I need to kind of, I don't know, make an apology or, or, or stop there for a second because um, justice has become, become kind of trendy in Christian circles to talk about, um, there's a, which is good and bad. Um, but there's a long time when no one talked about it. Um, or, you know, there's, there's kind of a one segment of Christian, Christian culture that would, would talk about it a lot, um, and everyone else kind of, kind of ignored it. Um, but it's become like a really a big trend, which is, which is good and bad. Um, I'm, uh, I'm told, for example, that, uh, that beards are in fashion now. Um, now, we're in Durham, so I'm, I think we might be kind of like insulated from this. This might always be true. Um, but, uh, I mean, it doesn't, like, affect me but so much, right? Because I've had a beard since, like, I don't know, I was eight or something. And uh, Meg has actually never seen me without a beard. It's true. Um, I'm not sure I still have a chin. Um, but, uh, you know, whenever I hear something, whenever, whenever that, that kind of thing happens, it's always good and bad. It's like, yes, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm hip for a minute. Um, and, you know, it's like a broken clock is right twice a day, and I'm in fashion like once every 10 years. It, it's, it's how it goes. Um, but uh, uh, that also means like next year or, or whatever, I'm like just out of fashion. Um, and it's one thing to be like like 10 years out of fashion, because then you can just, you can pretend like you're iconoclastic, or you're just like, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, independent. But, uh, or, or you look hopeless, whatever. But, um, but uh, if you're like, just out of fashion, then you're just like a little behind, right? Um, so, so, and that kind of thing happens with, with issues, with social issues like justice. Um, do you remember Blood Diamonds? This is like a thing, right? It was a big thing. There was, there was a movie, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio was there. We, uh, and for like, for like one like trend cycle, like every diamond on the red carpet was conflict-free. And then by like the next year, you, you didn't hear anything about it. Um, is that because we like solved the problem? It's like conflict diamonds are, are done. Um, we were, uh, I was in a, an airport lobby in, uh, in Sierra Leone a few years after that movie. And uh, I was talking to a, a professor from Seattle that, that had been taking students there for, for a couple decades. And uh, I said, look around the, the lobby here. There's about a dozen people there, um, you know, a lot of white guys in, in suits, and they're each sitting like independently in, in different tables. And uh, he said, those guys are all here smuggling diamonds. That's, that's what they're in. Everyone knows it. Um, 
problem didn't go away, right? They're, they're not having a war right now. Um, but the problem didn't change. We just, it, we just lost interest. The, the trend cycle went through, which is, is almost to imply that Kanye West singing about it is not enough to solve a problem, <laughs> which is kind of shocking if you think about it. But uh, yeah, any, any of the big issues, any, any hard issue, is going to take more than one trend cycle to fix. And so it, it worries me when something becomes a, a trend because that it makes it really likely that it's going to you know, fall back out. Um, and then nothing, nothing gets done, right? We're just kind of done with it. Um, also, when, when something gets, gets to be really trendy um, or something becomes popular, it tends to uh, get characterized by its excesses or characterized by, by some, some negative stereotype. Um, I had a, a coworker say to me a, a little while ago, um, make some offhanded comment about how, uh, you know, people just go to Africa to orphanages because, so that they can update their Facebook profile with like pictures of them with, with orphans. Now, he didn't know that I, I've been to Africa to orphanages. Um, and at some point, I may have had a picture of, of an orphan on my Facebook profile. I don't know, but maybe. Um, but, uh, but he was being honest, right? I mean, that was really what was what he thought. Um, and this often happens with any kind of social issue that becomes popular. We tend to start characterizing it by some, by some excess, by some negative stereotype. Is is there some truth to that? Is is has someone gone to an orphanage in Africa, like, because it looks good? Probably. I mean, if you look hard enough, you can probably find some case where that's true. Is that true for most people who do that? No. Um, but if we, but if we think that, if we if we if we characterize the whole movement, that gives us license to ignore it. That that lets us rationalize away paying any attention to it um, or feeling any call. Um, so now I don't want to say that 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 uh, going to an orphanage in Africa is necessarily a justice um, justice thing. It it can be, but it, but it needn't be. But uh, but if that kind of thing hasn't happened. With, with social justice and Christians yet, it will. Um, because, because it becomes a really easy way for us to kind of discount the issue. Um, but I, the Lord, love justice, and I hate robbery and wrong. So we can't dismiss the issue, even if that happens, because of a convenient, um, you know, a negative stereotype. Um, that, you know, the last... I guess, thing that, that tends to happen with, with trends is there is some, some number of us, I'm not going to name any names, um, but some of us have, uh, when something gets popular, it becomes very difficult to like it, right? Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, if we're honest, that, that this, this happens to, to, to most of us. So um, as things like justice comes from like a, a fringe thing that, that, you know, that socially conscious Christians are really passionate about to something that's more mainstream, um, you know, there's a real, real tendency that, that some of us will, uh, will get less interested um, because it's not, you know, it's not as hip. Um, but, you know, I, my, my Hebrew is not good, so I'll need people in here to, to, to check me, but uh, I'm pretty sure that God, that does not translate, for I, the Lord, I'm so into justice right now. I'm, I'm, I'm open to correction. Um, 
but uh, yeah, we might actually find ourselves in the position in, in a few years to like defend our our loved one who is into something that's just not that cool, right? We will be like the, you know, the spouse who's, you know, has to be in the conversation of like, yeah, so, yeah, my husband likes Coldplay. What's wrong with that? Like, or whatever, you know, insert the, you know, thing that is no longer hip, I, I don't know. Um, or like, you know, yeah, my wife was, uh, you know, dancing to Mariah Carey albums in our living room last week with our son, hypothetically. I mean, just, if that... Yeah, I'm not actually sure that I can defend that. Um, I might need prayer, but um, hypothetically. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's, this is, uh, we have a God that loves justice and, and, and will continue to love justice. Um, and so, so do we. Now that's a lot about, you know, kind of meta applications about the, about the trend. Um, I don't want to leave you without any kind of idea of like what it, what it actually means to love justice, but there are whole sermons for that. Um, and God talks about it a lot, um, so I imagine that we will talk about it, uh, talk about it some more. But, uh, but, but really briefly, um, you know, your, your whole concept of justice, like what it means to be just, can't fit into 140 characters, um, but it can start there. Like being aware and and making other people aware um, is, a, is a start for justice. That is not insignificant. Um, and awareness is, is, is actually really hard with things like justice because no one likes to dwell on things that are like evil, that are, that are, that are things that are going wrong, right? This isn't fun, um, and, it, and it shouldn't be. Like, that's, that's okay, um, but we need to do it because we have a God that loves justice, and so we need to... We need to, to to go ahead and, and look at, you know, how am I participating in these systems that are, that are actually perpetuating justice? How is what I buy um, impacting, uh, you know, people who are, who are in slavery, people who are in, um, in serious situations of, of injustice? Um, the, the biggest weapon we have, I guess, um, is, is actually prayer. And, and that sounds like kind of cliche because, you know, it's a sermon, so I have to say that. Um, but it's really true. Um, and we have a God that loves justice, and when we pray, he moves. Um, if you ask any of the organizations that, uh, that focus on, uh, on justice in the, in the Christian sphere, um, they will all tell you um, that they need prayer because when they see people praying, they see things happen. Um, International Justice Mission that, that Chris um, talked about earlier, um, it's a, you know, at the core, it's a group of, of high-powered lawyers. They're in Washington, D.C. Um, the, the founder was uh, the head of the Human Rights um, Commission to, uh, to investigate Rwanda. And, uh, but this group of, of men and women in suits and investigators, um, they stop every day um, at their office at 10 o'clock to pray. Um, and they start every day um, in the morning with a half hour of silent prayer. Um, and that time is valuable. Like they, they could use that in a lot of ways, but that, that's worth it. Because um, they, they know that prayer makes things happen. Um, and the second weapon, of course, that we have um, is, is probably our wallet. And I don't mean like you know, giving money to, to uh, those organizations, although that's, that's good and that's, and that's valuable. Um, but just because the 
the system that we're in is capitalist, and so the, the system only works if people value ethical behavior with money. Um, that's, that's how our system is set up to work. Um, and that's, that's actually really painful, um, because it seems like everywhere you look, like everything that you might wear or eat or, or buy has some kind of, of taint of, of um, how it was mined or how the cotton was grown or how it was, how it was made. And, it's, and it's, it's really difficult, and we're not going to get it all right. Um, it's not, you know, we're, we're going to have to, we're going to have to um, pick our battles um, in, in a lot of cases. But, uh, and it's going to, and it costs more money. I mean, it really, it's, it's hard. Um, but we do it, um, and, we, and we try, um, and we do it because we have a God that loves justice, and he hates robbery and wrongdoing. Um, and, uh, now I see what, uh, where I've left. The, uh, yeah, there's, there's going to be cases where um, you know, it's going to feel like a lost cause. It's a, it's, a big, it's a big issue. There's a lot of things, a lot of things going wrong. Um, the more you look into it, it seems like the more you'll see. But, uh, um, but we have a God that, you know, that he fed 5,000. Um, and, you know, he's asking us to, to contribute what we've got. Um, you know, he took five loaves and two fish. Um, we bring what we have. Um, you know, he does the rest because, because he, is the, he is the God who loves justice and he hates robbery and wrongdoing. And that, and that gives us, and that's, that's comfort, that is, that is grace, um, and that is a call, whether it's, whether it's still trendy or not in, in five or ten years, that's, that's a call that we have to continue on. Um, we, all, uh, we all pray. God, thank you for, for being, being who you are, God. Thank you for, for loving us. Um, thank you for the, the grace to know that you are a, a just God and you are a, you are a powerful God, um, but you have given us a way to, to still come to you, Father. And thank you for, for helping us participate in things that you are passionate about and letting us be a part of big things um, big things that you are you are doing in the world, God, and uh, help us to to know know how best to follow after you and how best to to be a part of that. And amen.